Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. Mother Teresa, come be my light. Private Writings of the Saint of Calcutta, Chapter 7, Section 2, Friends Forever. Mother Teresa's leaving Loreto had a great impact on all who knew her, especially her sisters. During her 20 years in Loreto, she had built strong and warm relationships with them. From Calcutta and the surrounding cities, her former companions wrote encouraging notes and letters. In these days of pain, she greatly appreciated them. My heartfelt congratulations on your decision and all my good wishes and prayers for the success. Ad maiorum Dei Gloriam, for the greater glory of God, of your enterprise. I feel sure that you will have full scope for your zeal in this new life you are beginning. And I want you to know that you can always rely on us to help you with our prayers. And if there is anything else we can do for you, please never hesitate to call upon us. I know God is calling you to this work, so you need have no fear for the future. And it's really with a certain feeling of joy and confidence that I see you go forth to do Christ's work among the poor and downtrodden. They wished her well, promised prayers, and added witty remarks that friends understand. My dearest Mother Mary Teresa, my little appendix friend ever, this little note brings you my love and the assurance of my prayers. God be with you in the new work he has in store for you. When I heard of it, I was astonished, but not surprised. God wants the gifts he has given you used in his own way, that is, your facility to learn the language of the country and not English. Your influence over the people of the soil will help you now to go ahead and win a great harvest of souls for heaven. I wonder if St. Peter, looking at us both at the eternal gates, will say which is which. Because I shall have helped you with my prayers all along the way. Please remember me too. I need prayers. Always your friend in Deo. Mary Joseph, IBVM. Sister Gabriella, her childhood friend from Skopje, found the separation especially painful. Today is your feast day, and I prayed much for you. Thank you very much for your letter. It made me very happy. My sister, I wrote to you last night when I heard that you had left us. Ah, if you knew. When I read your letter, I cried all day, and I see that it is God's will. Every day I am praying for you, and you will never be missing in my prayers. If you want to know, all the sisters have spoken well about you. 
Not even one has spoken bad about you. Everyone is remembering you. He, the glorious one, wants to show his will in you. How blessed are you that God has chosen you to make this great sacrifice, because from him you have always received courage. That is why God has given you for this difficult way. He knows that you can take his cross. I hope that you will not change your name. Much love and greetings, and know that I will never forget you. Your little sister, Mary Gabriele. Though she was feeling the pain of separation, Mother Teresa wrote to Father Van Exen from Patna, My soul at present is in perfect peace and joy. Practical as ever, she was already looking for a place to stay upon her return to Calcutta. She had received a suggestion from Jesuit Father Julian Henry, the pastor of St. Teresa's Church in Calcutta, to go to Krishnagar as a helper in return for lodging. Her first reaction to this proposal was that it would be the best medicine to get out of me every drop of pride. It will well kill my natural ways. She was joyful at the thought of living like the poor, just only a servant. This I would really love. And it would also help me to know the ways and the sorrows of the poor by living with them, doing the same work as them. While willing to face the humiliation of going there as an ex-claustrated Loretto nun and looking forward to doing the work of a servant, she realized that the special treatment she would receive in a place where she was known would not permit her to live in absolute poverty. Krishnagar will not be good for this, because I know the superiors and most of the nuns and the teachers I had to do something for them some years back, and so they will try to make it easy. You will have to find a place where I am not known at all. What about Gobra? I know nobody there. Do not tell them anything. Just say that a servant is looking for work and we are pleased to get anything. I would also have a chance to get in touch with lepers, which I am sure to meet amongst the beggars. Depending completely on divine guidance, she wrote in the same letter to Father Van Exum, if Gobra does not need a servant, you ask Our Lady to make them need one. They will be surprised at the fair face, but tell them I am Indian since last month. As Providence ordained, none of these places were available, so she had to continue searching. From Patna, she had also written to ask if she could stay in the Loretto's vacant building in Tengra once she returned to Calcutta. Having received initial positive reactions from her former companions in the order, Mother Teresa was surprised when the newly elected Superior General, Mother Mary Pauline Dunn, IBVM, refused her request. Loretta Abbey, Rathfarnham, October 29, 1948. Dearest Mother Mary Teresa, I am exceedingly sorry that my first letter to you will bring you a disappointment, but I feel you will accept it as God's will. 
you must have forgotten that our constitutions forbid the alienation of property, and that therefore it was not in Mother Dorothy's power to grant such a permission as you asked in your last letter to her. Therefore she had to refer the matter to the Council General. My consultors and I wish you every blessing and success in the new work for the salvation of souls for which you are now preparing in Patna. We would like you to understand, however, that Loretto is not connected with or responsible for the new order which you hope to found. To have another religious order living in a house on the grounds of any of our convents would be quite, quite, would be quite contrary to the customs and spirit of our institute. Tengra cannot be given to you. We shall pray earnestly that you may find soon a suitable accommodation. I was one of Reverend Mother Gertrude's consultors and was under the impression that you intended to live as a native among the poorest of the poor in Calcutta. And by your example, you hoped to attract others to join you there. I hope you keep ever so well, for you must find life in Patna a great change. I remember seeing you here in the Abbey before you went to India. You were here for some weeks and knew no English, I think, with love and every best wish. Yours affectionately, in Jesus Christ, Mother Pauline Dunn, Superior General. Given the responsibility of Loretto superiors to protect the members of the order from being affected by this experimental enterprise, the decision was understandable. Their response challenged Mother Teresa to be responsible for the steps she had taken. Even so, it was a huge disappointment to Mother Teresa. Her response to Mother Pauline once again reveals her prudence and common sense, as well as her trust in God. Holy Family Hospital, Patna City, November 9, 1948. Reverend Mother General, many thanks for your letter of October 29th. Please do not worry for having had to refuse me. Some good is sure to come from it. I am afraid I was not clear enough in my letter to Mother Dorothy. I did not ask for the building as a permanent stay, but only until I got a more suitable place. And also, I did not mean to give her, but to rent. And also, I did not mean her to give, but to rent. But as you say, it would be against the customs and the spirit of the Institute. I would not like either to have the building. I never thought nor think for a moment that Loretto would be connected with or be responsible for the new work. I know I am not still a Loretto nun, but that does not mean that the work... I know I am still a Loretto nun, but that does not mean that the work is bound to Loretto. From my letters, I suppose you got that impression that I want to cling to Loretto. Well, it is only natural that it should be so. You cannot break a thing you have loved for 20 years. But if you wish that I should not write to any of the nuns or keep a keen interest in all Loretto does, you have only to say it and I shall do it. It is perfectly true that I intend living like an Indian and yet fully religious with God's grace, but that does not mean that I could bring 
my young companions and throw them blindly into the hard work without first giving them the aim of their self-sacrificing work. For them, I asked the house where they could have been well protected and yet prepare for the work. But it does not matter. When the king of kings and his blessed mother sought for a dwelling place, there was no room in the end. Why should there be place for us? We too shall find a stable and begin the work for souls. Yes, many years ago I was at the abbey. Those were happy days, as all and every day in the twenty years of my life in Loretto have been. I am just as happy now to do God's holy will. It cost what it may. I shall most probably stay here with the sisters until December 13th, and then make my eight days retreat in Calcutta. I have been able to get much help from the sisters, who treat me as if I were as one of their own. God is sure to bless them for their charity. All beginners have their many crosses. But pray for me and for those who join, that we may have the courage to do this work for souls. The way of life and work will, I am sure, not meet the approval of many, though at present every person I have met has been all for it. But the work is his, not mine. And even if I die before it has had a chance of starting, still I know I have answered the call and made the step towards his forgotten poor and destitute. Success or failure, whatever be his plan, the first is his, the second be mine. It will be all for him. I would like to keep in touch with you, just for the sake of getting the prayers. But if you do not des desire, pray for me all the same. I pray for you every day. When I was in Asensol, I heard much about you from Mother Conchapta. She makes a first-class superior and has a fervent community. Kindly give my best wishes to dear Mother Gertrude and Mother Rosario. A very happy Christmas and New Year. Your affectionate child in Jesus Christ, Mary Teresa. By December, thanks to the Medical Mission Sisters' competent training, Mother Teresa was prepared to begin her work in the slums. She returned to the Calcutta on the 9th and took up lodging with the Little Sisters of the Poor at the convent of St. Joseph's. Before starting her mission, she made an eight-day retreat under the direction of Father Van Exen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. O sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own vessel of the Holy Ghost, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If grace builds on nature, so also does grace not take away a person's personality. And so we see in Mother Teresa a very intelligent, 
even a kind of ironic side. She's written this letter asking for the use, temporary use, of a house of the Loretto sisters that they're not using. Why? Not for herself, but so that the sisters that are going to join her can be given the aim of what she's trying to do. She needs a place that these new recruits will be able to understand what their new life is all about. You can't just throw them into the life right away. They have to be prepared. They have to understand what they're doing. And so she needed a place for them. And this new mother superior, this new superior general in Ireland, she's a little bit cutting to mother, it seems. A little bit reproachful. A little bit suggesting that that asking for this is in a way not in keeping with her new ideals and I thought you said you want to do this. And you can tell from mother's letter that she can give it back as well as she gets it. And she too can point out certain things, certain truths. In other words, she was told no. She disagrees with the decision. And she tells the sister why, in a way, but then says, you know, it's okay. We'll be like Mary and Joseph when there's no room for them at the end. God will provide. In other words, when we admire Mother Teresa's holiness, let us not forget how intelligent she was. Let us not forget that she knew how to use a bit of rhetoric. She knew how to give a good punch with a sort of soft glove on the front. She knew how to administer correction. And so we also have to ask the Lord for the grace in our own way to tell the truth sometimes. We also need to ask for the grace to stand up for what we think. You don't have to be rude. We don't have to be kicking people in the shins and offending them and insulting them and correcting them. But there are times, like in this letter of Mother Teresa, where with great kindness and wit, we speak the truth. But in everything and all times, we surrender to the Lord. The Lord wants to make us saints, but each of us is unique. And we become a saint not by denying who we are, but by becoming the person we're meant to be, giving the Lord all of our talents, all of our abilities, everything we have, we give back to him for his service. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.